Hello Team Builder. Thank you so much for joining us today on Ask Michelle and Chris. We're here to answer your questions about team building so we can learn and grow together. I'm your host, Chris Cabert of Fun Doing and On Team Building. I'm joined by my co-host, Michelle Cummings of Training Wheels. Let's go find out what we can answer for you today. Welcome everyone. Today's question, Michelle and I are going to talk about creative ways to pair up participants. Uh, in another episode, we may tackle the how we how we get participants in groups, but today is about pairing people, pairing people. Michelle, you got an idea to start us off? I have several. This here, I've got several different creative ways that I partner up people throughout an entire program because I, because of course, anytime you ask a group of people to find a partner, the first thing that they're going to do is they're going to partner with the best friend that they have there in the room. And let's be honest, as facilitators, that's usually the last person we want them to partner with because that's usually our comfort zone. And usually when we're in our comfort zone, hanging out with our besties, then that's generally where some of our bad behaviors lie, like side talking, getting distracted with other things. And so, of course, part of the purpose of us doing team activities is to work with a whole team and not just one other person. So I have several that I use. Uh, Chris and I actually shot a video um, that we that we have out on our YouTube channels about creative handshake. So this is one that I like to use with the whole group at the very beginning, but then you know, in, in that activity, I go through four or five different creative handshakes and they get, they pair up with four or with a different person for each one of those handshakes. So then if I do that at the very beginning of the program, then I can utilize those unique partner, those unique pairs then for the rest of the day. Chris, why don't you share, um, a couple of your favorite handshakes from that activity? My favorite has to be the fisherman handshake or fisher person. What do you call yourself as a fly fisher? I'm a fly fisher. Yeah. Fisher. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I would say, I'm going to say, I'm going to call it now the fisher handshake yeah. where you slide your hand in to the forearm of the other person and you slap your hand on their forearm. That's got to be my favorite. My second favorite has become the rodeo handshake because I provide choices at how much energy we want to expend doing the rodeo. I don't know if we did that in the, I think we did in the, in the video, we did a rodeo handshake, but we didn't show the two parts. The one part you'll see is doing a thumb grip handshake and then leaning back with a little hoot. Well, if they want to add energy, they just spin around a little bit while they're holding onto the hand. So right. that, that's, that's my second favorite. There's, I'm learning so many more. As I share handshakes, I'll, I'll ask people, Hey, show us a handshake, um, sharing things that they know, and then you can kind of pass off and, and transfer that facilitation to the group, and then they come up with their own. Uh, and I'm guessing you and I both like the um, dairy farmer handshake, a little bit more risque um, handshake of the ones that I know. I don't know any other risque ones. I'm sure other people yeah. like <laughs> The dairy Farmer is definitely one of my favorites. And then I also love the lumberjack. And then one that we learned from Nate Fullen is the caterpillar and the butterfly one. I really like that one as well. There really are. There's so many possibilities with handshakes, even as simple as just the high five handshake um, down to the low five handshake. And then also just letting people create their own handshake. 
that one is really fun too because then you get people get you know using their creative juices and getting creative and playing with it and having fun so yeah. so that one I love because then right there in my icebreaker I'm already preset then with if I for if I need a partner grouping for the rest of the day I don't have to actually come up with a different um, creative one if I don't want to because they're already pre-established pa- uh, partners so mm-hmm. this is also yeah. great if you are working with um, you know with a group that is working for a long period of time with one another let's say a school group and you've got the same group of kids for an entire semester then um, you could utilize those for the entire time that a group is together so that way you don't have that one kid kind of wandering around, wondering who's going to be, who's going to pick me as their partner and things like that. So it can help with that as well. And let's talk about that because it's often the case where obviously if we're pairing, what if we have, what do you do if there's an odd number of people? Oh yeah. So, um, so I often will jump in as the, as that person's partner, if I have an odd number, especially if I'm just going to be doing it for, a, you know, the icebreaker and then later, if I'm partnering them together to just have a conversation and maybe my partner doesn't necessarily want to ch- talk to the facilitator, then I'll have them do join another group. And then you can have a group of three for a conversation. Now, if it's an actual activity that I'm having them do, then, um, you know, then I sometimes will do the activity with them or, you know, or if there is a, um, if, if you have a co-facilitator, then they can pop in and help out as well. I, I'm I'm with you on that where I tend to jump in uh, and that way everybody has a partner. The other thing that I find with handshakes as well, if you're, say you're doing a, a short-term workshop or you're doing a one-day program, sometimes partners go missing somehow right. and they don't have <laughs> their, their fisherman, fisher handshake partner. And, and I do the same thing as you. I said, just jump in with another uh, pair we can do this. We can work this out together. We can answer the question together in a group of three. That works out just fine. Just keeping right. in mind whatever you're doing, that it can be done in a small group of three if, if that happens. Another oh, d- let's do the basic back-to-back. Back-to-back. I learned it from Jim Kane. I'm not sure uh, where you picked it up from, but back-to-back being just asking everybody in the room to stand back-to-back with someone near them. If there is uh, an extra person, then you can then be that back-to-back person. I often use that pairing as a way just to uh, ask questions. So as the facilitator, we'll say back-to-back. I'll give a question like, uh, share with your partner, where were you born and what brought you to where we are now? And then I'll say face-to-face, they turn around and then they share the answer to that question that you gave. That tends to be a nice way to get icebreaker questions going, tends to be, you know, small groups just to get voice, get your voice heard. It is a little bit of, you're kind of making people do this. You're forcing people to talk. You, You can say, you know, you can choose to share as much as you'd like, but, you know, give a little bit of information to your partner just so they know where you're coming from and if you don't feel like sharing, just let them know, you know, I'm not really in a talking mood right now, but I'm, I'm ready to listen to you. So give that option. I think when you're pairing people up that they don't have to share the exact same thing that you're working on. You can share other things if you need to. So back to back is a definite go-to if you're just doing general wanting to get their attention and share some information and ask some questions that they can talk out and, and doing that in a processing session 
at the end is also a great way to process, to pair right. up people exactly. and share a processing question. Yeah. You got another one Good. you like? Yeah. So another one I use is uh, playing cards. You know, um, one of the books I wrote is called Playing with a Full Deck, and I came up with uh, 52 team building activities using just a deck of playing cards. If you want people to partner up, depending on the number of people you have in your group, let's say you had a group of 52, that'd be awesome. Then you would just use the number and the color of card, and then you're, you'd get people paired up that way. Um, if you have less than that, then you could, um, let's say you had half that group, you had a group of 25 or something like that, then you could just use two different suits. Doesn't matter which one. It could just be um, the, the same number. So lots of different ways to use playing cards. And, and again, I love that you just toss them out there. I, I love to throw things on the floor because it's an easy way. Throw them out on the floor. Everyone just randomly picks up one card. They go find their partner. And I like the randomness of it. So they're not just partnering with someone in the immediate, right, standing right next to them. I, I love to use cards as well. One of the other, the different ways I use them I set the card deck up before I start with a group. I put them in order from ace to three. I put all the aces together, all the twos, all the threes, all the fours. And then I get to, I make them come to me for a card so I can meet them. Mm. Uh, it's usually when we're doing things like this with cards, we usually have a big group right. uh, for the most part. They're over 20 or something like that. Then we use cards because it's an easy way to, to get them into groups. So I get to then say hello, ask their name, look in the, in the eyes, and I'm handing them out in order. So now I know actually when I have whatever cards I have left, that, then I know exactly how many people are in the room. Mm. I know that I can make certain numbers of groups, so I kind of see what's left at the, what's, rest, what's the rest in the deck, right? Then I know how to combine things by either pairs or colors, or that's a way that I can control a little bit about... Uh, what size groups I can get them in. In, in the randomness is fun too, because you never know how it's going to turn out. And then that's something, another problem you have to solve. Okay, well, if you don't have a pair, what are you going to do? How are you going to find a person? You know, so that's another way to add another layer to uh, your activities. Nice. Anyways, yeah, cards are, cards are one of my favorite tools. All right, what's another one you have, Chris? A friend of mine showed me this pairing activity. He actually bought this puzzle. It was called Rhyming Words. And there are, there are a lot of these out there. And they're usually uh, the kid puzzles where there, there are pairs of puzzle pieces. So you'll have one pair will be the letter A and, and the other will be an apple. So those fit together like a puzzle. And the small person learning the alphabet figures out how all those pieces together. Well, he uses it as a way to pair up and mix up people. He just hands out the pieces of the puzzles, making sure both pieces get out there. And then if he has an odd a number of people, he'll take another of the matching. And then he'll say, go, you know, mingle around and go find a person that matches your puzzle. And then you find, obviously, the A goes with whatever A word it is. And I remember what he does is then he mixes them up. He does what's called a blind shuffle. He has everybody, okay, let's flip them over and then mix them up with somebody else and ready, go. And you got a new half of a puzzle. Then he'll, he, he likes to spell words. He'll use those cards as well to spell words. So partners um, go together and, nice. and build words together. So he had a, some fun, interesting ways. But I thought that was a cool way to uh, pair people because you never yeah. know 
what's laying around the house. You might have one of those things around the house. It'd be kind of fun. Yeah. It's nice and visual. That kind of, that can't made me remember the activity hog call, which is a classic Carl Ronke activity where, you know, you get, um, you either hand out little slips of paper with names of animals on them, or you whisper into someone's ear, different animals, and then they have to close their eyes and put their bumpers up and then make the noise of the animal to try to find their partner. We actually sell a deck of cards at training wheels that are called hog call cards, but that's an easy one to make on your own as well if you wanted to. But that's kind of a fun one. It, bo- it borders on the, on the very silly part of finding a partner and, and the silly kind of activity with making all those crazy animal noises. But it's also kind of a fun, you, you know, more unique way to find a partner as well. Yeah, and, and you're doing problem-solving people would call a de-inhibitizer being right. kind of silly and fun. And it's okay to be that way together. And we were talking earlier about this where you would to pair up, you would write little slips of paper could be a way mm-hmm. to do that too, and put t- the same animal on two slips of paper. So eventually right. you're, you're finding your herd or whatever names yeah. of those groups are with animals that I've well, done I, that. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was thinking, I mean, if you wanted to then take the animals and put them into groups so you could make it a partner activity, but then make it into like, maybe you had a bunch of barnyard animals and you had a bunch of jungle animals and things like that. Then you're not only finding a partner, but then you're also finding a group within a partner. Yeah. So. Well, wait, you got to have one animal, animal in each of your farms. Right. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> cool. Yeah. Neat. Excellent. That reminds me of one that I did call, I do called compound words. Oh, you could make slips of paper as well with compound words like tree house. Uh, you put the slips of paper in a hat. We pick it out. Uh, I'm a tree. There, somebody else has the house. We're all in a clump. We close our eyes, put our bumpers up, and we say our word and try to get together with our attachment. What yeah. goes with our word? That's another fun way. You end up in pairs eventually. Sometimes you have to sort things out, but it works out pretty well. And it's pretty fun. Again, it's a, and it's a trust building activity. So now you're working multiple things at the same time, ending up with a result of pairs, which would lead you into your next activity that you needed pairs for. I mean, other props, I'm sure that we could think of dominoes, like anything that's, you know, where you could pair two people up with dominoes, you hand out random dominoes and, and just go find anybody that you can connect with, you know, that has a similar number on their domino that you do. So, um, and that becomes again, more of a random way to do it. And then, um, I know Sam Sykes came up with several domino activities in, I think it was Feeding the Zircon Gorilla. I think it was that book, either that or Executive Marbles. But he has multiple domino activities. So if you're about to go and do a domino activity, you could start out with an icebreaker using them, and then they've already got the props in hand to then go do the problem-solving activity yeah. with them. So. so purposefully programming with your props and groupings and thinking how everything leads into the next thing. It's helpful. It's helpful to eliminate some of that downtime or off-task time, you know, and keep them busy. It's important for some groups. Wow, that was, we covered a lot in such a short time. I hope you found some new creative ways to pair people. Thanks so much for listening. If you have additional answers or comments about this question, please send them our way. And if you have a question you'd like us to tackle, we would love to hear it. You can find the submission link and anything we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. Find the show notes and past episodes at onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. That's onteambuilding.com 
forward slash ask podcast. You can find me and sign up for my newsletter at training-wheels.com. You can sign up for my Fun Doing Fridays activity email and find me at onteambuilding.com. We hope you join us next week for Ask Michelle and Chris About Team Building.